Welcome to the Dwelling Place Church audio podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message. We pray God speaks to you today through this message and through his word. For more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org. Now, it's time to listen to this week's message. Uh, I want to read one scripture up front. It comes from the book of Romans, Romans 12 and 13. And uh, Pastor Craig, last week, he used this text as his main text. So I want to read one scripture out of this text that sets sort of the springboard of what God's put in my heart, uh, how to communicate this priority number two for us in 2020. Paul the Apostle says in Romans 12 and 13, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. I want to preach a message just titled, What the Second Priority Is for 2020, and that is deepen our relational impact with Latinos. Deepen our relational impact with Latinos. And before I do, I want to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that by the work of your Holy Spirit, people would be loosed from wrong worldviews, wrong mentalities, wrong hearts and attitudes in the name of Jesus. I pray, Holy Spirit, you would pull down blinders and deception, that Christ would be revealed, that Christ would be manifested, that, Lord, you would build your church and the gates of hell would not prevail. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. You're our chief cornerstone. You're our foundation. You are the Word of God that holds all things together. And I yield to you, Holy Spirit, that you can make much of Jesus today, and it's in His name we pray, amen. You know, I've found, and maybe you have found, that in life there is common courtesy, and yet there is biblical courtesy. That there's community, and yet there is kingdom community. And there is a distinction between those. I have found that there's common unity And there is supernatural unity with diversity. I have found that there is common unity from having the same language and there is supernatural unity from having the same love language. See, listen here. Here's the point. Biblical Christianity is not natural. Biblical Christianity is not common. Cultural Christianity is natural. Cultural Christianity is common, but most cultural Christianity and cultural Christians are far from experiencing the kingdom of God. See, listen, on our own, in our own humanity, we can achieve a common courtesy. Maybe you've experienced this, that, you know, a a neighbor or a co-worker, that they're not God-fearing people, they're not followers of Jesus, and yet they demonstrate a common courtesy. They show some sense of morality. The issue with that common courtesy, though, is whether they're aware of it or not, it stems from selfishness. A lot of people show common courtesy because it makes them feel good. It makes them feel maybe morally superior or that now they're morally okay and it helps them to deflect from the fact that they're a sinner in need of a Savior. And yet... Common courtesy should not be confused with biblical courtesy. 
Because biblical courtesy cannot be achieved on our own. It cannot be achieved without the author of the Bible. God and His work through Jesus Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit. There's also a common unity. Common unity is built around common similarities. For instance, I I have on my my Atlanta United shirt. And uh, if you're not familiar with what Atlanta United is, uh, we're going to have to pray and fast for you again. But because uh, we did win the championship last year, by the way. But uh, it, it's the Major League Soccer team here in Atlanta. And I've had the privilege of being able to go to some of the Atlanta United games. And, and uh, from excellent seats that I was provided with, I was able to observe an, an amazing experience. And here's what it was. It, it was the common unity that built this community experience because there was a common similarity. And that is, we all wanted Atlanta United to win. And it was amazing. But here's the point. If we would have stopped cheering for Atlanta United and began to talk to one another, that common unity would dissipate very, very quickly. Very quickly. See, Common unity that's based on common similarities that builds temporary community. Listen, it's very temporal, it's very superficial, and it's very vulnerable. But then there's kingdom community. There is kingdom community where there's a unity through diversity. Through the diversity of different likes and dislikes. That there actually is a kingdom community where people who vote different, think different, act different, have different likes, dislikes, can still experience a unity through diversity. Oh yeah. It's called kingdom community. In kingdom community, listen, it's supernatural. It's not achievable in our own ability. And that's why biblical Christianity and biblical community is uncommon. Because it's supernatural. It takes something, or shall we say someone, outside of ourselves to make it possible, tangible. Because it's not common, and yet though it's priceless, it must be pursued. See, with common things, you don't have to pursue it. But for uncommon things, like gold, precious stones, if you ever want any, you got to pursue it. And pursuit is basically the same as saying it must be prioritized. And, And that's why in this Vision 2020, as we're talking about priorities that the Lord's pressing upon our heart for our community and He's inviting us to engage in for 2020. That's why for Vision 2020, deepening our relational impact with Latinos, it's got to be prioritized because prioritized means it's got to be pursued. It's not going to happen naturally. It's not going to happen as we're passive. It's got to be pursued. It's got to be prioritized. If, if you're wondering, Pastor Chad, what's, what's the main theme of today? The main theme of today that, that sort of encompasses all that I'm going to share is kingdom community. Kingdom community. Kingdom community. 
To deepen our relational impact with Latinos, we must understand that it is not something that will happen naturally, but it can happen supernaturally. And this, again, is why in the context of Romans 12.3, which is the main verse and the verse that I read, it comes after 11 chapters. Pastor Craig mentioned it last week, 11 chapters of declaring and exposing the gospel of God, His mercy, His justification, His grace, His kindness towards us that's been provided in Christ. Then in Romans 12, 1 through 8, we learn of Christ's gifts given for spiritual functioning and spiritual gifting. And it's from this grace... And because of these spiritual grace gifts that we are then responded to be given to hospitality. That this grace that God's provided through Jesus and these spiritual grace gifts, because God's provided and given these graces, we are to respond to His grace by being given to hospitality. I love that, given to. What's that mean? To be given to something means you give yourself over to pursue it. Like there are people who all these last months, whether you're aware of it or not, they have given themselves to pursuing one deer. One deer. And for months they're hunting because they're prioritized. They've given themselves to, given themselves over to pursuing one deer. In fact, I, I told the early gathering, I think that the deer were praying and fasting with us this past week because today's the last day of hunting season. And when I woke up, all of the woods and the property around us, and then driving in, it was filled with fog. I think the deer were praying and fasting, saying, Oh God, if we can just make it one more day, just one more day, then we can walk in the land of the living for at least another year. But to be given the hospitality, it means you're giving yourself to pursuing something, to moving towards something. You're committed of a posture towards hospitality. What that means is you got to make a choice. You're not going to find yourself naturally being navigating towards and pursuing hospitality. you got to make a choice to give yourself over to pursue it. Now, why should you pursue it? Just like the video, why should you forsake the easy and choose the hard? Like, why did they seek the technology to pursue landing on the moon for those who believe We landed on the moon. Those who didn't, don't raise your hand because we're not talking about, again, dislikes and disagreements. We're we're talking about supernatural unity today. But no, why did they pursue that which wasn't easy but the hard? There was a why behind it. And for us as a community, there's a why behind deepening our relational impact of choosing to respond to God's grace. To not settle for what's easy, but to go after the hard to experience a supernatural work of God in our midst, in our heart, in our community, in this local church. So for us as a community to be given to hospitality, there are four vital issues. We must understand our choice, our worldview, our gathering, and our language. Let's look at the first of these, number one, our choice. In Genesis 11 and 1, you read a very interesting story that took place, a historical account of what took place on the same earth you and I find ourselves on today. 
It said at this time the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar. And they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone. They had asphalt for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. Verse 6, And the Lord said, Indeed the people are one. They all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Meaning, and then everything from this point forward that they do would be based on this motive and foundation. As I was reading it this week, it just just hit me. I could see God coming down and looking. And He goes... And this is what they began to do. This is their driving heart. Like this is everything that they've chosen to do. That's all they want to take on. That's all they want to try to accomplish. That's all they want to try to experience. Like, like this is all they want to use their unity for? This is all that they want to do to leverage their commonalities and similarities for? This is it? And I, I just see, I, I sense behind God saying, this is what they began to do. God's saying, there's nothing super about that. There's nothing super about that. See, listen, they already had, as the text said, they already had common unity. They had a common unity that was based on and built around common similarities. You ready? They all looked alike. And they all acted alike. And they all had the same language. And they all wanted the same thing. They they just wanted to settle in the plain. And just gather together with those that are like them. Those that think like them. Those that it's easy to understand. Those that had the same language and... And they wanted to just build a community around similarities, natural things. And God comes down and says, this is it? This is all you want to do and build from your similarities? You just want what's easy? You don't want to experience what's hard? You don't want to experience... uh, Something that's not plain and common. You don't want to experience the super? See, it said they had one language, they had one speech. They had a plain plain of land and they had bricks and asphalt. And they look at all that they have and their common similarities and the resources they have. And they said, you know what they determined? They added it all up. They did an equation. They said, we have bricks. Plus, we have asphalt. Plus, we have all same language. Plus, we are all like each other. Plus, we have a plain. Plus, we have commonalities plus and when they hit equal they said let's build us a city and a tower for our name see they didn't have a heart for the supernatural they didn't have a heart for the uncommon 
They didn't have a heart for the hard. They didn't have a heart for the more difficult. They didn't have a heart for the impossible. They just settled in the plain, dwelling there in a plain in the land of Shinar. That's what it said in verse 2. Wow. They had brick and asphalt. It was common. They had it already. They said, let's just use it. That would be easy. We don't have to look for something we don't have. We don't have to grow in understanding elements that we've never dealt with or had before. Let's just use what we already have. That's easy. They didn't have a heart for that which is uncommon. They didn't have a heart for gold and silver and precious stones, other items that, listen, they on their own couldn't provide. See, all throughout Scripture, gold, silver, and precious stones, that which is uncommon, it represents the divine work of God. They didn't have no heart for the divine work of God. They said, let's just use our natural things to build and let's do it because therefore to be for ourselves. It'll be for our glory. It'll make us comfortable. We'll be able to be settled. We'll be able to just be here in the plain, in the plain of Shinar. They had no heart for the uncommon of being fruitful over the whole earth. They said, no, let's just stay here in the plain. They had no heart to build something that without God's help would be impossible. Oh, what am I saying today, dwelling place? I'm telling you, I'm telling me, I'm saying dwelling place, we have a choice. We have a choice. Do we just settle around some of the commonalities that that we have that that has brought us together at this point? Do, do, Do we just settle... For the plain and that which is easy? Or will we take maybe some of our common unity, our common agreements, our common likes and our common dislikes, and leverage it to pursue that which is impossible and uncommon and without God's help can't be done? Or will we just settle and have a heart? For what's plain and simple, ordinary and common. Cultural Christianity. No kingdom community. Only getting along with those that are like us. Or will we have a heart for a supernatural unity that celebrates and has with it diversity? Will we have a heart and choose what only God can do? See, there is common courtesy. But there's biblical courtesy, and we have a choice. There's community, and there's kingdom community, and we have a choice. There's common unity, and there's a supernatural unity through diversity, and we have a choice. There is common unity from having the same language, and there is a supernatural unity for having the same love language. Though maybe having a different physical language. Let's look again at the story of Genesis and how it concludes. It concludes by making it clear God wasn't impressed with their choice. He wasn't impressed with their choice. He wasn't impressed with what they did. With their common similarities. He wasn't impressed. In fact, we know this because it continues in Genesis 11 verse 7. God says, come, let us go down. And there it confused their language. That they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of the earth and they ceased building the city. Therefore its name is called Babel and because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the earth. God's not impressed. 
And you see, when he comes down, you see the issue of their worldview. You see the issue of their gathering. You see the issue of their language. Let me talk about this issue of their worldview. Their worldview was too small. It was too plain, it was too simple, it was too narrow. It was just, let's stay here in the plain in the land of Shinar. It was too small, it didn't include the whole earth that God created. And that worldview was so small, so selfish, so easy, it was rejected by God. And He said no to settling for the plain and the common. How do we know? He said, we're going to help them move their worldview to be enlarged. We're going to help them move their perspective and their worldview to be bigger than just those who are like them and talk like them and act like them and look like them and come from the same past and, and, and city and places. them. He said, no, no, no. We're going to enlarge their worldview. How? He says he moved them to the ends of the earth. The ends of the earth. Then you see the issue of their gathering. You know why they were gathering? They were gathering just for themselves. He said, let us make a name for ourselves. God comes down and He says, no, no, your, your purpose of gathering, it's, it's too us-focused. It's too self-focused. It's off base. Their gathering was missing God's heart and the larger focus. And God rejected the use of what they had. He rejected it because, how do we know? He scattered them to the ends of the earth. You remember they had bricks. And they had bricks that were in common with, with other bricks. Meaning when you have bricks that are all the same, it's very easy to put together. It's very easy to build something with them. Now watch this. You come to Ephesians 2 in the New Testament and it says that God does something through the work of Jesus, through His blood that was shed and His body that was broken. And Ephesians 2 says God's doing something except what He's doing now is He's trying to fit and join living bricks and believers together that they may become a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Why do they have to be fitted and knitted together? Because what God wants to do is something that's not natural and easy. It's supernatural. It's people with different languages, different backgrounds, different money in the bank who originated from different cities and different family of origins who have different likes and different dislikes, different hobbies. And God begins to knit and fit them together that He might find a dwelling place and by His Spirit dwell there. Oh, that's harder. Because fitted and knitted mean it's not easy. There's times of tension. There, it takes more effort to understand each other. It takes more effort to work together. It, it takes more effort to be in, involved in the process of what God's doing. God rejected them just using the common of what they had. And he, he scatters them to the ends of the earth. Then there's the issue of their language. They had one language. Listen, it was, there, was, there was never a misunderstanding. They didn't just have the same love language. They had the same physical language. They got along. They understood. It's like, it's like they were just living with themselves, multiplied time and time again. And he had an issue with it. He said, that's too easy. That's, it, it, it makes you too complacent. You just settle in the plane, and God rejected their use of such commonality, how we know he confuses their language. He said, now, listen, now it's going to take work to understand each other. 
Now it's going to take work to get along. Now it's going to take work to be able to get yourself out of your own thinking and your own shoes and realize there's people that's made in the image of God that's different than you, that have different opinions, see the world maybe a little different. It takes more work. And you say, well, why forsake the easy and go for the hard? Because only it is supernatural. And I can tell you as your pastor that God hasn't led me through what He's led me through and taught me what He's taught me and brought me to the place that I'm at to choose to settle for what's easy. And God's brought you here because in your hearts, whether you know it or not, beyond your mind that might be kicking and screaming and beyond things that the Holy Spirit's going to work out and work through in our life, you actually desired as well. That's why you're attracted here. You maybe just didn't have language for it. But the language is, is we're not seeking what's easy. We're seeking what only God can do and what's supernatural. Hallelujah. So dwelling place, we have a choice. A choice to pursue hospitality and to deepen our relational impact with Latinos. And our worldview, our gathering, and our language will affect our pursuit. Let me talk about now number two, our worldview. In Matthew 28, 18 and 20, if Jesus is your king and if you confess Jesus is your Lord, big major newsflash, you don't get to choose your worldview. You said no to being king and Lord anymore. You said, Jesus, you're king, you're Lord. And Jesus sets the worldview for all of his followers. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. And therefore, as you go through life, you're to make disciples of all nations and teach them all that I've commanded. Wow. Jesus said, I have all authority over heaven and earth. And if you're my follower, you don't have to fast and pray about what your main purpose is. Your purpose is to make other mature disciples of all nations. How many of you understand? That's a big worldview. That's not narrow-minded. That's not just people that talk like us, think like us, look like us, have the same level of living as us. That's not the common and the easy and the plain and settling. No, no. That's a big worldview. Because Jesus has a big heart. Because Jesus has all authority. It's big. Then he says you're to teach them and to assimilate them But notice this, the teaching them and the assimilating them is only to be regarding all things that Jesus commanded. This is where a lot of early missions failed, particularly missions that came on the side or the the back or at the heels of wars and and, uh, conquest. For instance, you would have a nation go into another land and this nation would have partnered with it, or on the heels, Christianity coming in. And when the missionaries came in after the war, they would begin to try to teach and assimilate, except they missed just teaching people the commands of Jesus. They began to teach new believers, well, now you have to act and dress like us to be a Jesus follower. So you got South Africans being taught that for them to follow Jesus, they got to dress like a Brit. Well, that ain't what Jesus commanded. That's not what Jesus is saying to do. Listen, 
What we're talking about here is we're not seeking Caucasians to start acting like Hispanics and Hispanics to start acting like Caucasians. We are commanded by Jesus who's king to teach both Caucasians and Hispanics, watch this, to start acting like Christ by depending on Jesus Christ. See, kingdom community finds its unity supernaturally based on and around the King Jesus. I want to declare there's room here for all nations because this place is under the lordship of the King and He sets the worldview. That's the, what the real W is, not just West Side. I'm talking about worldview. Sorry, some of my, my city roots are coming out right now. But he sets the worldview. That this is a, listen, this is a house of prayer for all nations that would seek the one true God in Jesus Christ that he sent. That's the purpose of this place. That this, listen, this is a family that can be made up of all nations because we're all now new creations. But listen to me, it's got to be pursued. It's got to be desired in our heart. It's got to become expected. It's our purpose to make disciples of all nations. So listen, we have a choice dwelling place. Our worldview affects our pursuit towards hospitality. Thirdly, let's talk about our gathering. You remember Babel and the people, they were gathering so that they wouldn't scatter. Listen, that's not our, our way. We are gathering. That's what you're participating in right now. We are gathering to scatter. We are gathering to be equipped so that we can scatter and go into different cities, different businesses, different job fields around different people and to live with the worldview that I've been sent with the purpose of making disciples of all people everywhere at all times. Now, why do we gather? Well, biblically, when a local church and, and local believers gather in a local, local place, biblically, it's called a festal gathering. And it's a festal gather, gathering. That's what you're participating in right now, whether you know it or not. And it's a festal gathering of those who have been called out of darkness into the marvelous light of God and whose names are registered in heaven. And we gather to give God praise. We're not building for our name. We're not here on our righteousness. We're not here for our worth. We gather to give God praise, to give glory to His name, to gather around His work in Christ, to gather around His word through Christ, and then to scatter for His work through us. To see His name and His life manifested to those around us. And also this provides a place, listen, for seekers who want to look in and experience the family of God. The family of God. Why are there sermons? Because Scripture is given to us to teach us, to reprove us, to correct us, and to be instructed in right living and the way of the kingdom. Scripture is given to equip us for our good works as followers of Jesus that we were created for in Christ Jesus to walk in. Why are we to be physically present 
and not just consume it through technology. Because physically, your presence is the physical representation of Jesus to your brother and sister who might be going through difficulties, who might be in pain, who might be in seasons of the enemy trying to say that matters are hopeless. Your physical presence is the actual representation of Jesus' physical presence saying that Jesus cares, Jesus is with you, you're not alone, there's brothers and sisters that are standing with you. That we're encouraged together as we remember the Lord's victory, the Lord's triumph, the one who's overcame all things, the one who's overcame even death. Death. And to be reminded of the eternal and not consumed with the temporary. See, listen, the local church, the reason also we're to gather physically is because we visibly are a reminder that God hasn't abandoned His creation. Including all people, all Gentiles, all nations. Listen, when we gather, we are the physical reminder that God has not abandoned the people who was up all last night wondering what's the purpose of all this. When we gather, we are the physical presence that God has not abandoned the one who's still in addiction, the one who feels hopeless, the one who is hurting, the one who's got it all and yet inside is empty. When we gather, we're the physical declaration that God hasn't abandoned His creation, that there is hope, that there is forgiveness, that there is salvation, that there is what people need in no other name than the name of Jesus Christ. Now watch this, the local church is a local outpost of the kingdom of God. And when we gather, it is a chance for the vision and picture of heaven to break into our lives. You say, what's the key element of this picture of heaven? Well, in heaven there's all tongues, all languages, all tribes, all nations, all nationalities, and all people represented centered on and around the one king, the only one who's worthy, the only one that was able to shed his blood and have his body broken to triumph over sin and the powers of darkness and the powers of separation and the powers of evil, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And this is what the Apostle John wrote because Jesus showed it to him and told him to write in Revelation 7. He says, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes with palm branches in their hands. That's heaven. See, there's community, but then there's kingdom community. Community is just... People who build community around likeness, outward likeness, same language, same color of skin, same likes and dislikes, same agreement on Facebook, same hobbies, same little sect and private interpretations and, and, and soapbox issues. No, no, no. That's common. And even that can't last. Because at some point they'll disagree. No, 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 listen. Then there's kingdom community that's supernatural. 
Because kingdom community first requires the king. It requires every person to first be submitted in relationship to the king. Secondly, it's supernatural. Supernatural. Jesus taught us to pray. That kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. When we gather, we have a chance to be a local picture of heaven on earth. Of all nations, all languages, all tribes, all color of skins, all ethnicities, all social backgrounds, people from all different sides of upbringing, sides of the track, economic differences financially, different opinion on side issues, but we're a picture of heaven that Jesus and His blood and His body can supernaturally be enough to hold people together. Not just on commonalities and similarities of what is seen, but by the power of His Holy Spirit who is unseen in the work of hearts and minds of people that care more about the one they confess Jesus as King than they do their own self. Their own common, easy, settling, just me and people like me in the plan of Shinar. That's easy. That's common. There's nothing super about it. God came down and said, nothing super about it. I remember I heard of a, a pastor that was one of the largest churches in our country. and He had a church and a model that for decades was um, used by other churches and ministers to try to model. Many decades into it, they, thank God, it's very integrous to do, they confessed that their model was insufficient of what Jesus wants. But I remember he tells his story that it was easy for him to build this growing, rapid growing church because he was in a large city. And it was a large city with a lot of new jobs, a lot of economic you know, opportunities. So there was a lot of people moving to that city. And he said what he would do is he would just look for license plates from certain states because he knew that those states primarily had churches that, of the denomination he was. And so when he saw a license plate from that state, he would just go and say, hey, guess what? We're that denomination. That's, our, that's who we are in this city. And just based on that common similarity, there was rapid growth. Now listen, I'm not here to bash that or anything, but I am here to be clear to you that that's not what we are seeking to do here. We're not seeking just to build upon the easy and common outward similarities. We are seeking that unless God does a supernatural work, then it does not happen. We are seeking what the psalmist says, unless the Lord builds the house, we're going to labor in vain. Listen, both of your pastors have left that which was easy for them. We have left what could have been easy for us to desire what only God could do. You have a choice to be a part of the journey. of saying, God, unless you provide that which is unnatural, uncommon. God, unless you touch hearts. God, unless you move people past their own preferences and their own likes and caring about their own hobby horses, Lord, that it's not going to last. Lord, we are asking you to do only what you can do. 
Because there is common unity, but there's a supernatural unity that celebrates, has, expects, and allows common diversity and other issues. In Ephesians 4, 1 through 6, Paul writes to the church of Ephesians and he says, Hey, bear with one another in love, be lowly and gentle and long-suffering, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. For there's one body, one Spirit, just as you're called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. Notice Paul says, listen, kingdom community, this supernatural work is based on the fact that there's one body, one spirit, one hope of our calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father. Meaning this, we have to learn to be grateful for those who don't look like us. Because they're a reminder to us of what heaven's going to look like. And you can't learn to let the Holy Spirit work in your life now? Of past differences? What are you going to do when you're stuck with people for eternity? (laughs) Oh, we should be grateful. If you're not in the know yet, let me clarify you. Your pastor, I'm married to a Latina. And her parents are pastors. And I've been fortunate to be an experience and be able to engage and observe many of, the, of those communities and local churches. And you know one thing I found to appreciate and so grateful of what our Latino brothers and sisters bring? Is I have found that they take life a lot more joyful and less serious than many of us. Caucasians. I have found them a lot more joyful, a lot more celebratory, even though they face difficulties and trials. And you know what else I've found to value that's so beautiful? Is they actually like being together. They like parties. They like hanging out. When I was a a discipleship pastor and was overall... Uh, they call them small groups. The, the easiest small groups to grow and to see multiply was the Latino groups. Why? Because they already like being together, eating together, fellowshipping together, doing life together. Oftentimes, some of us, we should be grateful for Latinos in our life because they can remind us of what some of us grew up that was very uncommon. Cultures where... You go to work, you do your thing, you come in, you open your garage door, you pull in, you close it before you get out, you go in, you live life, you do the same thing, and you never engage anyone else unlike you. Wow. See, listen, heaven's not a common community, it's a divine kingdom community, it's supernatural. I want to say it's a supernatural work when we have a gathering with multiple nations and languages and people present. It's a fellowship of the Holy Spirit and it's supernatural. So we got a choice of our worldview, discipleship of all nations, a choice of our, will our gathering be a local picture on earth as it is in heaven, and lastly, number four, our language. There's a new language for followers of Jesus. You see this as the band comes in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. 
In Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it's what's called the birth of the church. It's the day of Pentecost. And, and in Acts 2, 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost had finally come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, a mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as fire and set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. There were dwelling in Jerusalem men and people, watch this, from every nation under heaven. And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together. And then they were amazed and marveled because they all heard them speaking in their own language. What do you have here? The birth of the church is that God's done a new thing where Babel, he looked at what people were going to use with their natural similarities and commonalities and he said, that's all you choose. we got to split this up. And he confused their language. The New Testament and the New Covenant is a reversal to that. But now there's a new language, but it's a new language of the Holy Spirit. That there's a new language for the people of God and the followers of Jesus. And here's what the new language is. It's the Holy Spirit's love. Oh, listen to me. Listen to me. This wasn't just tongues coming out of their filled hearts. That was a love for all nations and all people. That, that wasn't just out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaking tongues. That was out of the abundance of the heart. Their mouth now has a love for all people. There's no racist in heaven, friend. There's no one filled with hatred in heaven. No, no, no. Because... There's a New Testament, a new language, love. It's called the language of the Holy Spirit. It's one of love for all people. That Jesus shed His blood and His body was broken for all people, not just people that look like you or people that look like me. For all. How do I know this? Because Romans 5.5 says, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God, watch this, has been poured out in the hearts by the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, you see the Holy Spirit poured out. And yes, sure, it led to the manifestation of speaking in tongues. But that also was a demonstration of now a love for all nations and all people. God's people up to that time, they just sort of gathered together. But those that look like them, Jews, just gathered together with Jews. Now there's this new language called the language of the Holy Spirit. It's the language of love. That love given supernaturally becomes our bond. Love given supernaturally becomes the language now people understand. Regardless of the language they grew up speaking. I think about marriages. I think about dealing with people at work. I began thinking, you know, my, my wife and I, we didn't, I mean, we went through premarital, but I wouldn't say it's to the level of, uh, of what we now take people through. Uh, I believe we've learned more. But Michelle and I, when we got married, we didn't know this love language thing. And I began thinking, man. And we began thinking. And I began thinking, man. You know, if I would have knew this when I knew this, I, I might not got married. Because it's not easy when you're in a committed relationship with someone that's got a different language than you. A different love language. You That takes work. That takes a dependency upon someone that's greater than you called the work of God's Spirit to hold it together. 
And I thought about how many people now, they only want to be with, they only want to marry, they only want to be with people that's like them. Let me tell you, if you get that, that's great. But listen, you got it easy. You chose the easy route. For the rest of us, we chose the hard route. And let me tell you, God dealt with me. He said, you need to change your mentality. You were moving to the wrong way. You were starting to, to regret not having it easy. You need to give thanks that you got it hard because you are aware every day of how much more you need me than somebody that's got it easy. Because it makes you see how much we need the gospel. We need the supernatural language of love. A love that changes the way we talk, the way we walk. A love that causes us to lay down our preferences to keep the bond. Keep the bond. Notice Paul then in verse 6 says, don't miss this, when we were still without strength in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Listen, that's very important. I'm not asking you to start taking steps towards those that are not like you through your own ability. I'm not asking you to change your own heart. I'm not asking you to change your own mind. I'm not asking you to overcome some of the things you grew up in in your home and your subculture called racism and stereotypes. I'm not asking you on your own to overcome it. But I'm telling you the gospel's been provided to overcome it. Notice it says that we were without strength and yet God sent Christ. And I want to tell you today, you have a choice. And if you'll make the choice to not settle for the easy and the common, but to be a part of the supernatural, that unless God's involved, it's not going to happen. If you'll make the choice, then listen, God's got the grace to do the change. He'll change your heart. He'll change your mind. Because there is a new language called the Holy Spirit's love to be able to empower you to love people different than you and love them intentionally and pursue them hospitably and to go out of your way to ensure that they feel welcomed, that they know their value, that the same blood that was shed for you was shed for them, and that they're no less in the kingdom of God. God's got grace to do it. He's got grace to do it in your marriage. They got it. I can't speak your language. I can't speak your love language. She can't speak mine. Oh, but that's why Jesus came. To provide us a language called love that we couldn't on our own provide. I'm not asking you on your own to depend on after this gathering to walk up and to shake a hand of someone that looks different than you and whose language is different in, in their language of origin than yours. Listen, on your own ability, I'm asking you to make a choice and let the Holy Spirit change your heart and mind and give you a boldness and a grace to do something you've never done before. Because listen, the language of the Holy Spirit, this Holy Spirit, love, it changes the way you walk and the way you talk. You no longer talk this way, oh, those them people are, are those people. No, no, those are God's people. Those are God's creation. It removes all of those coarse joking and that. That's the new language of what the Holy Spirit does. And then it changes the way you walk. You walk towards them. Because now you're trusting Christ to provide something for you that in your own ability you didn't have strength to do. Because maybe you were insecure. Maybe you were inferior. Maybe you were concerned. Maybe you didn't want to do the hard work of, of really having to listen to understand someone that's different than you and get to know people that have different perspectives and different life experiences. Listen, the Holy Spirit changes our walk. He'll give you grace to do it if you'll make a choice. Make a choice. Some of you maybe need to repent of racism. Some of you maybe need to repent of favoritism. 
where you've given and preferred saying hi and greeting those, it's, it's easy. Instead of those that would take you depending on the gospel more. But we listen to other place, we have a choice. When we accept our king's worldview, discipleship of all nations, when we make a choice to pursue seeing our gathering be a picture of heaven on earth, that we will willingly allow the Holy Spirit to give us a new language and give us grace, not for the easy to come on the plane, but for the hard, to make people that are different than us, people that maybe only speak Spanish, people that have different places of origin feel welcome in a place where Jesus, who died for you, not me, this is Jesus, said that the church is to be a house of prayer for all people. You don't take it up with me, you take it up with Him. He's the one that died and rose victorious over death, hell, and the grave. You take it up with Him. But I'm under Him. I don't have a chance to change what He wants. He said, my place is a house of prayer for all nations. But listen, if people are going to feel that, feel that welcome, we have to pursue it by making the choice to ensure we have His worldview. We want a gathering that's a picture of heaven on earth. Did you Did you know God doesn't just speak English? I mean, I almost didn't get out of bed for a month when I realized that. Oh, he speaks every language. And this is preparation. This is a visible place. And in a in American culture that's so divided right now where people can't even talk and get along with their own family because of different opinions and different ways they vote and things like that. Oh, dear God, God always wants to be the use the church to be the answer to such things. That people come in here and they look around and they're like, wait a minute, there's people that have different languages of origin. What? You mean you're willing to, you know, have them sing a chorus in a language that's not your own? so that you also can sing a chorus in a language that is your own. What? You're willing to sacrifice some of your own preferences? And they're looking in and saying, oh my, what in the world's keeping you all together? I see people that are different. People that maybe even vote different. People that even think different. What in the world's going on here? Oh, listen. That's called the gospel, friend. A gospel that's not a form of religion without power to hold people together. It's a gospel that's got the power to hold people together that are different. That's what the world's looking for. And that's what we have a choice to be a part of. And no, we can't do it. And no, He's not asking us to do it on our own. But He is asking when you make a choice and invite the Holy Spirit to start doing a supernatural work. He'll give you a new language of love. And listen to me, I have found and Scripture confirms it is a language that every person, regardless of color or skin and language of origin, it's a language they understand. They all understand the language of love. A love that empowers us to talk different to them, to walk different towards them, to lay down our own preferences and likes to ensure they know you're one of us. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. If you would like more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org.